heard before, I guess. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers and with me as always my co-host... Declan Kitchener. Hello. Declan with a raspy voice this week. Yeah, I've not uh, got the best voice. I kind of went to a band last night, sung the heart out, fucked my throat. Who did you go and see? Death of Honor. Very nice. Amazing best I've ever seen them. Oh man, so basically to put everybody in the picture, both Declan and I are a lot more tired than we normally are when we do this. Um... Declan's been, uh, That's uh mine. yeah. Declan's been uh, up country seeing a band and, and traveling. busy with work and everything like that. And you've, um, well, tonight you've had a very little hours sleep, haven't you? Very little hours sleep. Well, last night just gone and then worked up until pretty much coming here. But so, but we're fine. <laughs> this yeah. is all on the podcast. We're not going to flag. We're we're going to do our best. But, I put um, a bit. I, I if forgot. you hear snoring, you understand why. <laughs> it's not because we're bored. It's just because we have no energy. Um, cool. So for those of you who don't know what this podcast is or how it works, and uh, if you're a regular viewer, um, feel free to skip forward this bit. But every week, Roger and I have to write a song from scratch, given only seven days. Uh, we then come in front of each other on this podcast here and play them to each other and then tear them apart. We tear them apart yeah. with... I was about to say our ultimate power, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I believe it's your turn to go first this week. Oh boy. Oh god. Um, this song is uh, it's called 21500, and I'll explain why that is after I sing it. Maybe you'll guess, but it's got kind of like a bit of a... Um, it's got two main influences, which I'll cover after I play the song, but um, here it is. Played live. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seat. 
how'd you find me? Will you promise not to go away? Thank you. That's very beautiful. I love that uh, opening position. Like... Uh, the sort of uh, shape, chord shape, just moving up and down one, but leaving that resonant. The resonant E. Uh, yeah, it gives it a nice little flavour. Um, the uh, whole song has that sort of shape around it. Yeah, I noticed you moving up to like the 12th fret and doing that sort of stuff up there. Um, can I take a stab at the two influences? Yeah, okay, you're going to get one of them, I bet you are. Okay, one of them is La La Land. Yes, that's right. Um, we went to see that together and we both think it's an amazing film and I was just noticing some uh, references in there like um, your pink convertible, your city of stars, which is the name of the main song. Also, I'm going to guess, and I could be wrong, that 21500 refers to your time in America. I don't know how far that is away from uh, the UK. How wrong no, am I? no. Um, ah, I failed. I mean, it's about America, so you're kind of there, but it's not about me in America. Okay. Okay, right. So you got one of them though, totally. Um, like Declan said, well, like you said. Um, I'm. Oh God, I'm so tired today. <laughs> My brain <laughs> isn't relax, functioning it's fine, properly. It's fine. Um, we went to go and see it. And like you said, we just thought it was awesome. To be fair, I've been trying to work references into my songs for a couple of weeks and I haven't managed it yet. You beat me to it. <laughs> well, um, I went to go and see it for a second time on a whim the other day. I was just in town and uh, I realised it was playing. And I was like, I'm going to go and see it again. Because I've been thinking about it so much over like the past couple of weeks. And you had a very strong reaction to it. Like, yeah. Um, it's a very... It hits you emotionally hard come the end of the film. No spoilers or anything, but... Mm. It really does. It's a really strong emotional thing. And the music makes it all the more powerful. So I got home from the cinema and I bought the the soundtrack on iTunes. I'm doing that when I get the payday. This is just turning into an anthem for La La Land. <laughs> it's so good. If you haven't seen it, anyone, you should definitely go and see it. Um, and obviously there's the City of Stars um, reference, which is like the most obvious. Um, uh, that's it, lyrically. That's the only reference in the song that is to La La Land, lyrically. Well, the pink convertible, he's got like a ready, browny, pinky... He's got like a brown top. convertible, but this that that was somebody else. But it kind of ties in, like, uh, image-wise. Um, I'm just getting something up on my phone, and... Um, For, to show you listeners at home. See? That sound was me showing you. Um, <laughs> so, the um, my pre-chorus bit... Um, your pink convertible car, your city of stars... Your valley charisma goes wherever you are. That bit is um, very, very influenced by um, another bit uh, from La La Land. It's my, uh, my favourite chord progression in the movie. And it's the bit that hit me the hardest both times. Oh yeah, you, t you actually turned around to me in the <laughs> theatre while we were watching it and said, that was an awesome chord progression. I was like, Roger, shut up, I'm watching the film. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so the but second it, time I watched if, it as well. If I can guess at that chord sequence, it's like... Oh, no, I've got that wrong. What is it you're playing? Um, basically, if you're in any scale, it's four, five, five with a sharpened root, six. So... Do your uh, version?
also it's kind of like um uh exactly yeah that yeah. sort of thing um but the way it's done with the the thing is almost like lifts the melody which is um like an exclusive for anyone listening to the podcast they'll know I'm a plagiarist um so you're stealing from multiple sources i think it's called research that's true research that's kind of a joke from the movie as well, isn't it? When they go and see Rebel for a cause, Rebel without a cause, they go for research. That's right, for for research. For research, yeah. <laughs> so um, let's see if I can pull this off. Um, there's a bit in the song "City of Stars," the duet version, which is my favourite version of the song, um, where it goes, and this is just like a little section. It goes, a rush, a glance, a touch. A dance, a look in somebody's eyes To light up the skies, to open the world and send it reeling A voice that says I'll be here, think I want it to stay And you can kind of hear that very much so in my, in my bridge um, It's just in a different key and it's not swung my song straight uh, So, But pretty much exactly the same thing So, well, It's kind of cool that you work that in there Like... Um... It felt a bit more like, um, uh, I'm not sure jazzy is the word, but it felt a bit more closer to the film music than to your regular do. Yeah, yeah, I think the whole song, if I can say so myself, if I can say so myself, is a bit like more different in tone than my normal songs, cause especially with the sort of like open sort of... I mean, you like your suspensions, but that's quite different for you. It is. Playing this far up the neck as, like, my first chord is in it, in itself a little strange, unless I've got a capo on or something. But I wanted to say as well, um, the first thing the song was inspired by before um, any La La Land kind of got into my songwriting process was um, I was on um, I was on Instagram the other night, and uh, as all good songs start, and um, I was going through... Um, you know I like the band Heim. Yes. Yeah, um... I was going through Esty Himes' Instagram, as you do, and um, and she wrote a tribute to Prince, and uh, I thought I'd read it, because this is, like, the main influence of the song. Okay, hmm. and you, you're probably able to um, get the title from this as well, so... Um, she says, I'm sitting here in the studio with my sisters, looking over the photos from Prince concerts we went to together, through bloodshot, tear-filled eyes. It's taken me a few hours to compose myself, and now here I am writing about a person who inspired me in every aspect of my life. He was my everything. Everyone around me knew he was my everything. On my 21st birthday, I drove 500 miles to Las Vegas by myself to see him play. Oh. It was my first time seeing him live after watching him in movies and on late night shows. I remember arriving at the concert at noon when the show was supposed to start at 10pm. I made friends with some of the other people in line and immediately we started recounting our experience with Prince and why we worshipped him the way we did. We also talked about his music, but also his artistry, his irreverence, his confidence, um, and uh, the rest of it's cut off on the page, but you kind of get the impression. And um, when I first read that on the page, I thought, like, it's just a really inspiring, like, uh, homage to Prince, and I was like really moved by that. So the whole song kind of comes from two things that really, really got me. In, you yeah, because you're a massive Prince fan as well. We've discussed it before on the podcast, yeah. but he is one of your favourite artists, I think. That's right, yeah. Like a huge, huge influence on me. So reading that and then seeing the film, like those two things kind of came together into 21500. So like, it's written as one long number, but the 21 supposed to have like a slash before the 500. Yeah. Or like an implied slash, so it's not just one long number. So. Well, I like... Um, 
uh, obviously people at home won't be able to see this, but I can actually see his lyrics. It's written 21, 21, 500, 21 dash 500 miles from home. That's right. Yeah. Which I quite like. Yeah. It's so like a little lyrical trick that keeps you, uh, um, listening. Well, that's one of the things I liked about the song. First of all, that made me want to keep the chords is that you get one piece of information with 21, 21, 500. Hundred, a little bit more information, and then it rises again. Twenty-one five hundred miles away from home. So with each rising chord, you get more information, which is kind of a little cool little thing about the song. But yeah, but yeah, that's all I could think to say about it, really. That's a pretty good song. Thank you. Record it at some point and do loads of production stuff in it because it will be beautiful. Thank you very much. I'll try my best. It's really hard to play though. It's got the finger picking stuff, and I'm not so good at that. Like. I kind of trepidatiously put down the plectrum before I started playing the song, like, here we go! Oh boy! <laughs> I saw the fear in your face. <laughs> it's just a cool little shape to play with. Oh, it's quite a nice little shape. Uh, for those of you who can't hear on the pod, uh, who can't see audio, um, that shape that's being played there is most of a D major uh, 7. So for guitar people, that's seventh fret B string, sixth fret G string, and seventh fret D string. But the nice thing about that is it can be that part of the D major seven, or it can be a version of the standard uh, A to A six uh, hammer-on thing. That's you know, it's basically the standard rock and roll. But it's just done higher up. Exactly. So it's nice and ambigu uh, ambiguous. One of my favourite things I ever heard said about jazz chords, I was over at the Elza City doing a festival, and I, asked, I was kept asking this guitarist about all these weird chords he was playing, and he said, the idea of it is that they're all jazz chords, so you fill them with as many notes as possible so they can fit over any... <laughs> uh, any melody possible and if you get it wrong you can just slide it around a little bit and <laughs> do like the and everyone thinks you're being really musical where you're just trying to find where you're meant to be <laughs> I like that I'm going to remember that that's really cool um, I did my the only the other thing I could think of saying about this song is I did my classic 4 to minor 4 thing but I did it differently I heard that but so... I heard you as you were going up the neck doing something well it's just um, it's that shape that the the D seven type of thing going up to the twelfth fret for a quote unquote D, and then I use that same shape but I move it up the string so it's now on the E B and G strings, and I play the D as a bass. So it's not exactly a D minor, but it's. Uh, well, it's a D minor six essentially. Because again, it's got that. Ah uh, yeah. Yeah, so I managed to squeeze that old uh, chestnut in there again. So, uh huh, uh huh. Um, I think it's time for your song. Balls. Right, just to warn people, uh, the first time I practiced this song, and I'm being very careful with my choice of words. The first time I practiced this song on the instrument that I'm going to play it on was about half an hour before the podcast started. <laughs> so this is going to be ropey. I've not had much time, but uh, this week's contribution is called Trench Humour, and it goes like this. Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't go like that at all. Good stuff. Thank you. Coming clean time. Um, I have not practiced that song a lot. As I said, the first time I got to practice it properly was um, a couple of, uh, well, about an hour ago at this point, it must be. Yeah. Uh, the way it came together was um, I found it's a, it's a chord pattern based on a descending chromatic bass line. I like those. So uh, basically, the descending line between the chords is starts on E flat, and then it just goes back on the okay on that stuff. Because um, I was just I haven't written a song with 
chromatic movement in a while and I wanted to. Um, I had different sets of lyrics and I couldn't get the melody sorted in my head. However, I only had about two sessions of about three hours each during the week to write before I went off on Sunday evening to uh, uh, go to this gig that I've had planned for a while. So while I was at my mate's house, I worked out how to play the chords on guitar and ended up writing these words, but I couldn't practice them on piano, which oh. is how I knew what I wanted. And so I wrote these words about... Uh, two days ago, just before I went to bed. Okay. Did they all uh, come at once? Pretty much. Uh, this version of the words, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the only chance I've had to marry the two together was about... Uh, like I said, about an hour beforehand, so it's really, wow. really raw at this point. It still needs a lot of work, but, you know, well, got to get a song ready in a week, haven't we? Well, kudos for playing the piano part so in such short uh, time to practice before, you know. Yeah, there, there are a few mistakes in there. Um, if there weren't, I'd be surprised, put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, and... The reason it's called Trench Humour is cause, just because I was in work on Sunday and we just, like, uh, like um, we've all got slightly dark sense of humour there. So that's where lines like, um, you know, if everything messes up, I could always just walk off a cliff. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be too much of a problem. You know, there are worse <laughs> things to do. Or like, a, you could just burn this store down. I like get that. the insurance money and go away or things like that. So just getting really morbid about it, and I was—I uh, just said to someone, you know, it's really—it tells you a lot about this generation when we need trench humor to get us through the day. And I thought, <laughs> that's good. I'm keeping that. <laughs> I think if you were to release an album, my contribution or like my suggestion for the title would be trench humor. I think it really don't get take this the wrong way. It's a good thing, but it really sums you up as like You're a songwriter. You're a really dark and morbid person. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like you, you have a lot of humor to your writing, but at the same time, there's like that sort of like. I want change sort of thing to a lot of your songs so it's down in the dumps humour yeah exactly but uh, that's where most of it came from the only thing that came from I've drafted the old lyrics was um, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the list of all the things that I've observed which is how I started my previous set of lyrics and then I just wrote some waffle about how friends were amazing but um, <laughs> uh, yeah that's about it oh I did uh, I sort of came up with this uh, chorus melody that better days are coming in the end I was thinking like that's good and then just when there's about five minutes to before you arrived I thought hang on that sounds familiar uh oh and uh, I plagiarised it from one of my own songs oh well, that's alright which <laughs> yeah, one is you, it if you can't plagiarise yourself um, who else can you plagiarise it's one I wrote called Just the Fool I Am uh, I think it went something the sound of that you've shown me that before but it was like a while ago wasn't it that was literally the last song I wrote before starting the weekly song oh, right. idea uh, with you but um, yeah I sort of realised very late that oh I've nicked that <laughs> well from, from yourself myself, yeah 
I gotta tell you, if I plagiarize from anyone, it's usually me. <laughs> Whenever I write a song, because I use the same chord changes a lot, um, and it's hard not to sing those same, because it's my voice and my register, so you why wouldn't where, I sing? You know where your voice works, Exactly. Hey, I've got a question for you. What's that? Is there any modulation in the song? For example, in the chorus? Yes, there is. I thought so. Okay. Uh, it's, um... Oh, sorry, to interrupt. I'm just going to say, because we don't say this often enough, modulation is when you're playing in one key of of notes, like one scale, and you move to an entirely different scale. Pop songs tend to do it a lot, like you'll be yeah. pop, uh, going along quite happy. <laughs> So you'll just suddenly hear it go up to uh, It's called a key change normally But modulation is the mm. proper uh, musical name for it Yeah, and um, if you haven't really listened to the podcast too much before Modulation is something that me and Declan are huge fans of But like, um, cre- well I mean creative modulation That's the thing, I tend it's only relatively recently since we started the weekly song challenge, actually, uh, the uh, podcast, that I've actually started to use modulation in my songs. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, because before that, I um, just stubbornly said I'm not going to use it at all. Mm. And I still try my best not to because I don't like to rely on it. But um, yeah, yeah, it does help to push things into another area. So the way this one works is most of the song is in E flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is something I uh, got from you I notice if you're playing in for example E flat sometimes at the end of a verse you'll just uh, play (laughs) so for anyone who doesn't know that's um, a flat 6 major flat 7 major to the 1 yeah and it just gives this feeling of like cheesy triumph and yeah. I love it it makes me laugh so but the, what I did there was like I use those two chords but those two chords are also the 4 and 5 of another scale so oh. for the chorus I just went up to oh that's that so one. good I'm stealing that so uh, the verses are in E flat and the choruses are in F sharp major right um, and it's quite it's quite nice the way you get out of that because you just play you just resolve to your F sharp major you play four five and then you go back to right, you do right. you do essentially what you do but you're starting the verse like that oh that's really cool it's that is really good oh wow I really wish like I, that wish I'd used it on a better song <laughs> I've got to say I like this song it's actually one of the ones of yours where it kind of reminds me of the plan, I think. In ter- not in terms of like its composition, but the tone of it and the general like uh, delivery of it, mm. um, which is a compliment. And I like the lyrics to this one too. Thank you. And you should totally use Trench Humour as an album or EP name for something at some point. Yeah. Um, wallow, wallow in Trench Humour, I think it would end up being. <laughs> W-I-T-H. With! Yeah. Mm. Woo, woo, woo. Hmm. Whoop whoop, chicken hmm. soup. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I can't think of anything else to say about it, really. I, there is a version of it on guitar that sort of sounds like this.
um, sounds good on guitar. I prefer the piano, like myself. It sounds kind of like a um an early Foo Fighters song on guitar. I like, and I'm talking like self-titled Foo Fighters. Like just Dave Grohl in a room by himself. If you if you like kind of strum those chords like ding 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 that sort of rhythm on like a sort of like clean guitar, it could fit directly onto um Foo Fighters self-titled. I'll bear that one in mind. So. Yeah. I'll get in contact with Dave Grohl, see what he says. <laughs> All future reissues have this song on them, why not? Oh man, I feel like our, our lack of energy is literally noticeable on this podcast. I feel like if we put our voices back to back with like last week's episode, we were like, hey everyone, it's time for another episode. Of... And this week, is, oh, I wrote a song about being depressed at work. I've literally had my head in my hand for a lot of the podcast today. But yeah. it's been good, it's been good. <laughs> it's, been, it's been chill. It's been chill, yeah. Like, um, you just need those uh, jazz chords from the other week, like the. That's our discussion topic, isn't it? Well, where are we going with all of this? Right, I've got a question to ask you about your song. Alright. Or your songs. Alright, okay, alright, okay. Like, um, you, in the, uh, this week, you wrote a song with, uh, references to La La Land. Mm -hmm. In the past, you've told me you've, well, you tell me you always try and have something on in the room. So uh, I think Dumbwaiter was inspired by, is it the best Marigold Hotel? Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, Grand Budapest Hotel. But, uh, and I know you've included one or two Star Wars references in your um, uh, songs and everything. That's right. So the question I'm edging around here okay. is, how, well, how important would you say outside inspiration and putting references to that in is that to your music, if that makes any sense whatsoever. It probably doesn't. When it we does listen make back. sense. I, I get what you're saying. Like, um, like, how do you write by being inspired by something? Which is a very open-ended question. Okay, well, I first of all... And I, does it come regularly or naturally? Sorry, continue. I, um, I haven't actually considered how much I use references until just now when you said... Um, but it does seem to be a common thing where I'll come in and go, Oh, I've written this song, which references this thing. I think part of it is, for me, being creative means reflecting things back from the outside world. So it doesn't come, creativity doesn't come from me, it comes from me seeing things and then them kind of going through the filter of my my creativity, so to speak. It's um, like that old phrase, you can't create in a vacuum. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, and how does it kind of play a role? What was the question like? How do I use well, those influences, or how do you use those influences? What kind of tends to inspire you? Does it happen often? How do you feel? And um, would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> um, yes, to all of the above. But um, uh, does it happen often? Um, yes, it happens very often. But it's not a conscious thing. It's not like, for example, I think I could pick up a guitar now. And given enough time... Sorry, my phone's going nuts. <laughs> yeah, I think given enough time with, with a guitar or a piano in front of me, I could write a song that doesn't reference anything. There's just... Um, 
there's just sort of like imagery and words and everything. But having said that, I don't know. I think the way I work as a lyricist, at least, is I'm able to turn a lot of things round to what I'm feeling emotionally. So I never want to write something that's void of anything that I'm feeling, because I think that's empty and who wants to listen to that kind of music. Not the lyrics are that important to me, but the part that is important, lyrically, is... Um, it has to be emotional, it has to have some emotional impact, whether that's universal or very personal. Um, and also, I think another thing is, I'm not a big fan, a lot of the time, of listening to music where you can just hear exactly what someone's saying. Um, I really like the Beatles for not doing that. Um, I kind of like to have it open-ended because then I can put that image that's presented the song onto my life and I can go, oh, that's about my relationships with people or that's about my insecurities or whatever. So by using outside influences, which I do quite often, um, I'm, I'm able to take something that's from the outside, which other people can actually see, see as well and use that for a song, if that makes any sense at all. Yes, that makes that makes sense. And it's interesting because I kind of hold a counter viewpoint to that. Go on. Like, um, I don't know why, but I don't like to put references in my songs. Like, um, it ties it very much in with what that particular person thinks and feels. I've only ever knowingly done it once, I think, mm. which was last week when um, A Pure Heart Beats Crystal Intent, mm. which, like I said, I was watching a Star Wars TV show and I right. wanted to fit that in somewhere. Um, but it's interesting you raise that point of um, if it's about someone's specific personal life mm. then it's maybe harder to have emotional appeal I kind of feel like um, the opposite way around yeah? yeah like um, if you dig into someone's personal life you'll find an emotion there that is um, universal right right Yeah. that which is like personal a, is the most universal sort of thing yeah, well, like, um, for example, that's why there are so many songs about heartbreak. And, uh, like, well, again, it's... Um, well, for example, Defavana, who I went to see, they write a lot of songs about their lives and specific people in their lives. Mm. But the general feeling of a lot of their songs lends itself to universal feeling. Like, for example, there's a song called Hunt Stanton Pier, mm. which is about... Um, the band uh, living in the city for a while mm. and missing their hometown. And there's loads of references to stuff like me and Lee were schooled in a tourist town with less culture than Jeremy Kyle and things like that. Right, like, so they know that, Lee and we don't know Lee. Well, Lee's in the band. Right, right, okay. So yeah. it's so personal. Yeah, that's within them. But then that's got a strong, at least for me and for a couple of other people I know, that's got, like, we share that sense of like, we know what it's about because we live in one of those towns. Mm. You know, it's trying, it's um, trying to outgrow the town, but also being fearful of the future. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I kind of want to reconsider my answer, if I may. Sure thing. Okay, two things. First of all, I feel like I'm kind of making myself the one who uses references and doesn't write about himself. Whereas I don't think that's always true. Like if you take, um, you're you're writing about yourself, but you're doing it for other things. But then sometimes I don't even do that. Sometimes, like, with, for example, Albatross on my album, that's, like, literally... I mean, unless I tell somebody that only I know what that's about, and that's, like, very much, like, very personal. 
kind of the same with it's the least I could do. That's very much like, that's my experience. So I suppose the reason I write through reference quite often is is the universal thing, and it's something bigger than me, but also because I kind of like interesting words in songs. So if I can use a, a word like Naboo, or unlimited power, <laughs> or I can I can talk about Esti Heim, or I can talk about La La Land, or a pink convertible. Those are like interesting phrases or like topics for me, as opposed to just saying, I feel this. I can go, I feel this. Hey, look, a banner of color, or like, you know, this character, or like something. Um, whose music influences that? Elliot Smith's music influences that, that sort of thing of having like weird lyrics and dimensions to it. I think the more dimensions a song has to me, the better, so. Well, it's like the more weird weird, uh, weird words you put in, the more chance you've got someone perking their ears up and listening. Yeah, exactly. So there's uh, that aspect to it. Like um, like you said, like there is a very valid point to what you're saying. Like um, uh, the whole like, it's, it's like symbolism in a way. Yes. Using something else to represent something that you either can't articulate or don't want to articulate. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's a weird one with songwriting because I can't really put my finger on why I do stuff. Yeah. It's really hard to try and articulate why I'm doing certain things with songs. It's almost like I can only go, well, this is what I've got. And then, like, it's for other people to decide. Like, I can't really explain why I use the weird terminology and stuff I do in songs. Well, it's kind or of, even the weird chords and stuff. It's just like, that's what comes out, you know? It's kind of odd when you consider music and, you know, poetry is nice, but we're not poets. No. At the end of the day, we write music. We have to put words to that music, though, as well. Mm. So, for me, the words have always been secondary. Mm. So, therefore, they're sort of forced into shape by the music, which dictates a lot of, like, a... Uh, like, uh, for example, um, uh, with my song this week, uh, one of the lines is, if it, life becomes a hassle, if the rules become too stiff, we've always joked that we could walk straight off the nearest cliff. Mm. The sentence that inspired that was, you know, if everything fucks up, we can just walk off that cliff over there. Mm. That's actually what saved in my phone, I think. Mm. But it's trying to fit that sentiment into another idea, so you need to find new words. Oh, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Fit the sentiment to the music yeah well that's maybe the wrong way to say it but fit these ideas to sound yes exactly which, lead, which can lead you up some potentially difficult waters if you're just trying to do everything straight in earnest it's doable mm. but it's difficult it is I think the best balance you can strike is really expressing yourself emotively and having it fit a melody the type of music, and one of the only few types of music I can't stand is something that's lyrically dense and is someone bearing their soul but has no melody or rhythm. And it makes me think of um, Paul McCartney, and that's, that's who I was trying to think of when I was thinking who influences this style, where so many of his songs, and he said in interviews before, he sits down at the piano or something, and he, he just tries to find what fits, and maybe it's uh, scrambled eggs at, at the start, right? Mm. And he, it just fits. It's just the... And the mel- for me, the, mel- the melody is always paramount. Like, lyrics, I don't really care what they're about. Um, but the melody is paramount. And if the melody fits the chords and there's a great rhythm, and the word happens to be crystallise, that, that fits that rhythm. You see what I mean? With, with the way it's said. Well, it's kind of... 
it is and how I end up writing words like um, I'll just be sat with the guitar. I've had my melody, for example, like. suddenly got that word in that position you try and fit the sentence around it yeah definitely it's almost like it's almost like the the melody is the ma the main thing and if it fits lyrically then great great that's like a secondary thing but mm. the primary thing is is definitely the melody so but if you can work in references to things if you can work in these external ideas seamlessly and mm. make it all fit together then you've built up a wider tapestry yeah for better or for worse I feel like yeah, that's very true, but I feel like my answer's kind of getting a little bit more refined now I'm thinking about it. I have stuff on in the background as reading material, not because I want to get that stuff into my songs, it's just because when I'm trying to sculpt and hammer together a melody over chords, it helps to go, na 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 da convertible car, you know, um, you know, magical night, and those things fit. And then, so I have this kind of like, often like a spread of like books around me, it's and those things fit. Surrounding yourself with things that might inspire you. Mm, exactly. Not necessarily, like, you've never gone out of your way to say, you know what, I love Star Wars, I'm going to write a song about Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, I, I think you can hear it, like I just said, in so many Paul McCartney songs. Like I feel like Jet is a great example of, like, a song where there's definitely emotional intent behind it. I don't think anyone would disagree, even if it's just, like, energy. Yeah. But... Was your father as bold as the sergeant major? It fits so perfectly, and yeah, I get, get the you, feeling. Well, you can almost tell which uh, two words came first in that one, can't you? Yeah. Which was sergeant major, because it fits on that do 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 at the end. Exactly, like he fits his lyrics to fit the chords and the melody, and I respect that so much about him. But he also writes such emotional songs. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of that um, Band on the Run album, which you actually introduced me to, is just, like, him finding what works. Like, there's so many weird lyrics on that album um, where if you, like, just look at them as poetry, you go, what the fuck is he on about? You need to hear it with the music for it to make Exactly. Sense. It has to be with the music. And that's why I'm a musician and not a poet, and same as you, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'm not a poet because I haven't got a wide lexicon. I can't speak words. You just said lexicon. So I think that's about it for this week on the Weekly Song Podcast, isn't it? I think it is. Cool. Uh... If you are interested in either joining us as a guest or, you know, sending in a song that you've written in a week or even if you've got something to say, like you agree or disagree with something we said, mm -hmm. get in touch with us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Please do. Yeah, it would be really great to hear from you. Uh, like Declan said, any comments, songs, anything like that, get in touch. And if you're a songwriter and you live around us in Cornwall or if you want to travel down and be on the show, just let us know and uh, you'd be more than welcome. Please, if you can, If you can write a song in seven days. <laughs> um, anyway, that's that's all from us for this week. So we'll see you next week. Tara. Tara.